What's happening, Mark? Hey, Johnny. How are you there, buddy? I am doing pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Well, I got this really cool story to tell you, man. Okay, lay it on me. So, not too long ago, I had to go in and get this medical procedure done. And uh, mm-hmm. they were really afraid they were going to have to, like, clip out a part of my colon. And, like, oh, it, was, it was a huge deal, like, right at the very last second, basically, like, what what needed to happen inside my body actually happened inside my body. And so, like, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, cool, never mind, you're good, you don't need surgery, any of this sort of stuff. But they took, like, 900 different x-rays. And so, okay. like, I, I never got a chance to actually look at any of them since I didn't actually have to go in and get the procedure done. But mm-hmm. the weirdest thing happened the other day. Uh, I got this letter in the mail that basically said, hey... Um, you, uh, you've got an exhibit that has been, is being shown at the Grand Junction, like Museum of Modern Art. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I haven't, I haven't done any art really since my freshman year of college. Like, and I don't, I don't think any of it ever got kept. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on, man. So I show up and apparently some just like pretentious jackass decided he needed to shove a giant picture of my beef-filled colon next to some, like, starving Asian kid. He oh. thought he was being super smart about it. Yeah. I don't know. Some, something about the juxtaposition of how fat-ass Americans are and and how it, it overtakes everything. I don't I don't even get it. But needless to say, I took the picture and ran. boy. That sounds like a very unmentionable problem to have, Johnny. It was incredibly unmentionable, incredibly embarrassing. You know, if I had a chance to pick the picture that they would put up there, definitely would have been that. Wouldn't have been that. I think it yeah. would have definitely been one of me, like in my punk days with my mohawk or something like that. You know, right when I was at my peak. Oh, that glorious! I remember your mohawk. <laughs> that you glorious rooster-headed bastard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, guys, uh, I don't know how how much more I can talk about this, so we're just going to welcome you to Dangle Podcast today. Yes, welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I mark in my good buddy and one from what it sounds like, 10 pounds lighter homie here. (laughs) Johnny. (laughs) We take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the ups and the downs and see if it still holds up. And then, after all that, we slap it with our patented rating system, and Johnny... I think we ought to just dive on in, buddy. I would definitely agree. Uh, We are up to episode 53. We are still in season three here. This episode is Love Hurts and So Does Art. Uh, Original air date of March 23rd, 1999. Uh, Our writers here are John Altshuler and Dave Krinsky. Uh, We've talked about them quite a bit uh, because they show up in a lot of different animation settings. Um, Let's see... We've previously seen them, Three Days of the Condo, Life in the Fast Lane, Bobby's Saga. Uh, we'll see them again in one of my all-time favorite episodes, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a real good pedigree of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see our our cast of characters for this episode. We have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bildo Treve, Khan Min, and Connie Supanusapone. And then we have like four different cameos where they actually credited the voice actors. So that's kind of cool. I don't know if I've ever seen anything by Julianne Boucher, Lisa Jane Persky, or Jill Parker. But if for some weird reason, either of any of you like find this podcast, good good job. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) And then it just says... It just says sheriff cameo. I hate that shit. Credit the cameo, like really. And I, I guarantee you, this is the sheriff that's at the art museum that says there's a law against defaming beef. Yep. I think I'm, that's uh, got to be one of them. It has to be. Yeah. So, uh, you want my synopsis, Mark? I actually didn't phone it in this week. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bobby's obsession with a new restaurant in town gives him the gout and has disastrous consequences for his plans to take Connie to the school dance. Hank finds out that he is part of an art installation in Dallas. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's interesting, because I definitely am not going to give Hank credit for the A story in here, but it almost feels like it should, because it's like not only a callback, but... See, that I mean, was my thing, too. Yeah. Which one is the... Which one was A, which one was B? Like, or are they just do... too, like... I don't know. 
I'm, I'm going to say Bobby and Connie, and here is my reasoning for them being the A story. Because they are the ones who end the episode. Like, Hank oh, gets his resolution, but it's okay. not the last moment of the of the episode. That definitely goes to Bobby and Connie for their, their sappy nonsense at the dance. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, all right. Well, Mark, I know you always have a, a, a glutton of notes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I I don't know how, how better to describe that. Maybe a grip of notes? A collection of notes? Uh, notes, Johnny. I do have a grip, a plethora, a gaggle, a gribble of notes. <clears throat> a gribble. That's okay. Thank you. <laughs> Number one, Johnny. Sharice uh, is back. That Stone Cold Fox. Yes. There she is. Oh, yes. Yes, she is. And apparently Joseph has no idea how to talk to her. <laughs> literally that's she's also my first pro but we'll get there when we get there um i think this episode might be the most lines for joseph we've had i think it even has more than in good hill hunting i would agree but joseph has a lot to say arrow. in this episode either one of he, them like i yeah joseph does a lot of talking like especially in the very first act he talks a ton which is fine yeah. i just think it's neat like we always are giving props to, you know, oh, yeah, look at um, Toby Huss doing two voices. But, man, like, Luann's got some screen time, and Joseph does, too, and it's cool to yeah. see. <clears throat> anyway, um, Dale is a blogger once again, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and it makes me think about, um, remember the idea of having your own website was dumb? Like, yeah. And and now everybody has one. There are really days where I wish that we didn't... I, I saw this on the internet the other day, so I'm not even going to try and take credit for it. But where I, I we didn't constantly refresh the same four or five websites that just have pictures of the other four or five websites on them. Yeah. Like, I That's, really miss yeah. those days. Yeah. For, and, and I'm trying to think about, too, like, I used to read a ton of webcomics. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just a thing. I, we I used to, I mean... We grew up in the advent of the internet where we got to go and see stuff like, um, shit, I was just watching Strong Bad today. Strong Bad doesn't exist anymore. Oh, my like God. Like, he, he, he does, but he doesn't, right? Yeah. Um, just a couple of weeks ago after watching Spider-Man, I had to remind my wife how amazing and mas- masterful <laughs> Dr. Octagonopus is. Yes. <laughs> like, you, you know, I just, I definitely miss the days where you could go to one website. I had one that I like to go to called Starter Up Steve. I don't know if you know about Starter Up Steve, Mark. It was literally just no. a bunch of Flash cartoons of, like, random stupid crap. It was, like, 20 different links, and it was the same 20 different links. And when you and your buddies wanted to just, like, laugh your ass off, you would just go and watch all 20 of them. And it's stuff like throwing a gerbil in a blender, animated, of course. We don't condone animal cruelty here on this podcast. No, um, uh, like super sped up versions with really, really poor dubbing and really bad like mouth movements of a day in the life of Dragon Ball Z. Like just like stupid flash animation for no reason. But just because we could, yeah. Uh-huh. And I would spend two hours on that and just think it was like the shit. But yeah, I definitely miss that. I I would, at this point, if it was still up and running, I would love to see something like Dale's website where it's just some Absolutely. random dude giving you updates about his best friends that he lives with in the alley. <laughs> Hell yeah. It'd, it'd be adorable. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd be into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought it was a funny bit because we have internet blogger Dale back. Um, yes. So Bobby is the first kid under the age of 70. Or what? what, what is, what's the quote, Johnny? Help me out here. I'm the first um, kid. I'm the first kid under the age of 70 outside the gout belt to get it. Yes. And then um, it's in like the lower Balkans or something like that. Yeah. But then following that, I have the note of Mayhan was the first junior under 70 to get gout. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, listeners, we do have a friend who had gout um, when he was a junior in college. I think he just needed to like cut what, back 22? on the beer. He was like 22. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've got a boss that I, I a former boss that I had that had it an awful lot. Like, he would come to work and just be the most unholy pain in the ass because he'd be like, eh, my gout's flaring up. And then that would be the only words he heard out of him. And then, like, three days later, he'd be like, eh, it's not so bad. I stopped drinking beer for a a while. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. So, gout is definitely not as as mythical as they make it sound in this episode. But (laughs) a seventh grader getting it, 
That's a little intense. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought it was a fun note. Um, animation note, and I'm sure you caught this. Did you happen to notice in the diner a very famous headshot, Johnny? I did not. You did not? Oh, yeah, so in when Bobby's eating alone in the diner, there's a headshot above him looking just like Dale Gribble, with the, but with the name of one Johnny Hardwick, and I thought that was a very cool hey. Easter egg. Hey, I don't think I've ever noticed that before. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's when he's talking to, I can't think of the guy's name, but they're kind of bullshit about Kanye or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, yeah. the chef that's always feeding him the chicken livers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're bullshitting, and right behind Bobby is a uh, headshot of Johnny Hardwick. I'll, next time I watch it, I'll have to I'll have to look at that because um, I only ever remember him talking about Howie Mandel. Oh, Dad, Howie Mandel. And then my final <laughs> note: um, I finally learned the lyrics to "Love Hurts" this week because I watch everything on subtitles. And man, that's a dumb song. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Excellent. How about you, buddy? You got any notes? Uh, I don't have any notes, but I can jump into some of my pros here. Hell yeah, dude! Uh, so I love the way that Joseph. It, it's a very accurate and very cute way of showing like he's a seventh grade kid that doesn't know how to talk to girls where he's like, I've tried kicking her in the butt. I've tried doing this. I've tried like dropping my books at her or throwing things at her head. And I just can't, can't figure out how to tell her I like her. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cute and it makes a lot of sense. And of course, Joseph would be the dumb shit that does it. Yeah. Because he's n- definitely not as smooth as Bobby. Bobby will get a girl just by talking to her. Joseph actually has to throw crap at her. Cherise, yeah, Stone Cold Fox, what's up? Like, it's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to see Cherise. I want to say she's maybe a background character, but I know her specifically because she's always the one that's super tall. Yeah. But I, I love I that they I think she shows up later callback. on. I want to say I see them at a dance. It's like her and Joseph at a dance, but... Not till way later, but I might be making up a memory, too. Uh, I really hope it's not the Bobby as a cherub dance that's incredibly cringy. No, it's it's way late season. It's like the last... Oh, okay. It's like in the last like bracket there, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Joseph's interactions where he's just talking about how he can't figure out how to get Charisse. Uh, <laughs> Mark, I really want to inherently know how much cheese to get somebody, like, in pounds, just by you telling me how many people are there. <laughs> I wrote in here, Hank and his cheese science is awesome. (laughs) Yes. Like, and he does it with like, just like that. Like, it's perfect. Um, I don't remember where, because it's been a little bit since I watched this and took my notes. But I noticed, I noted here that Hank says ghoul again. And I love it when Hank uses the word ghoul. Um, um, it's when they're at the deli and he goes, my boy's not, or they're at the doctor's office. My boy's not a ghoul. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Like what, what he organ meets, we don't feed him. He's not a ghoul. That's right. Uh, yeah. Anytime he says it, I'm, I'm going to bring it up guys. It's just going to happen. It's like um, your favorite word. It, it's totally fine. Maybe it's just the way that Hank says it. He says certain words and they always get to me. When I hear him say the word gland, I lose my shit. <laughs> um okay mark i yes. have i have something in here for you and i to digress for maybe two or three minutes okay let's talk about modern art what are your thoughts on modern art i think okay maybe it may maybe art can make a statement but art for art's sake is not art Okay. Unless like, unless you're at, okay, there's no such thing as like artistic integrity anymore because any, I feel like everything anymore is I just need to be seen. Look at my shit. Even if I say, don't look at me, please look at me to that yeah. end. I don't think that like modern art necessarily exists. I think it's like a weird form of like Dada ism maybe like, okay, but I don't think that modern art really exists anymore. No, like, I would definitely agree. But then by at the, at the same any... time, at the same token, though, sorry, one more thought. Um, yeah. I've been to that giant fucking bean in Chicago, and that thing is cool as hell. Like, so <laughs> there's two halves of the same coin, I guess. But, yeah, like, I don't understand it, but I also don't think we're supposed to understand it. But stop saying you're trying to say something. You want to be weird, and you don't know how to paint better. That's why you're beating styrofoam with pigeons. Like, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, all of a sudden, I really want to go to the same art museums you're going to. <laughs> no, like, I definitely, I agree with you. And I think they did that because modern art in the 90s was, it, it was a joke. Like, not anybody except for high art snobs could pr even pretend to understand what was going on with it because it was weird and abstract and just didn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I'm definitely going to agree with you. That sort of modern art does not exist anymore because everything needs to make a specific like statement you know you're always you're building a brand you're trying to get likes you're trying to get exposure you're trying yeah. to be an influencer on on things the last last really cool thing that i have seen that i i mean i haven't seen in person but like art wise that i've actually been excited about is the stuff that's going on in new mexico and in denver with meow wolf have you seen that stuff i have not so, I mean, they're, they're giant installations that are basically fun houses. You know, you walk okay. through them and, like, there's an entire room that's nothing but black lights and weird oh, crap on the walls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you walk through a mirror and you get to, like, interact in a giant ball pit and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, you have turned it, – you basically have turned an entire art exhibition into a giant fun house that's super interactive that anyone can enjoy. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. It's just a bunch of cool shit people put on the walls. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really, that's the closest thing I can think of to this style of modern art that exists anymore. And I think it's kind of cool. Like, I really do want to go and see the one in New Mexico, see the one in, in Denver. Um, but I just haven't had a chance to yet. So right. I was kind of curious. You and I, we come from an arts background. We know a lot of people who have very good artistic ability. And we also mm -hmm. know a lot of those people are totally up their own ass about their artistic ability. Oh, yeah, dude, and then, like, that whole thing about, like, uh, man, I watched people who said that they were credible artists, like, parade around with a giant paper mache dick, and it's like, the only reason you did it was because you wanted to parade around with a giant paper mache dick. Like, yeah. don't split hairs and say, it's like, this is my feminist statement. It's like, you know, you want to play no, with You wanted a reaction. You want, not even a reaction. If you give me a blank check for mayhem, which I did get in that one, I chased a <laughs> yep. girl around topless. Like, she was topless. Like, yep. that was what I did. Like, and really the only reason we did it was because we didn't want to try and we decided that just going stupid batshit dumb was the best way to be. And hey, yeah. in a performance art class, guess what? Yeah, it fucking was. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got mean. No, 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 no. Like, that's, I think it's important to have this conversation because I don't want to be offensive to the art community, but 90% of the population doesn't and will never understand what you mean by modern art and whatever your stupid vision is. So if you don't commercialize it, don't expect us to, like, bow down at you. But also get fucked. Like, art should be, like, tangential to, or, like, literally interpreted by the observer. Like, yeah. once the artist has done whatever, it doesn't matter what they set out to do or intended to do. You think that fucking dude that died building the giant blue horse in front of DIA was like, yes, my Satan horse will bring joy to the children with its red glowing eyes. Ho, ho, ho. No. <laughs> like, I think he's yeah. trying to do something cool like Denver Broncos and yeah. or something. I don't fucking know, but, like. It's, it's it's it depends on you like you can't like the idea of art criticism is so dumb to me because it's like what, what do you know about it like uh-huh so it doesn't resonate with you so it's wrong no that's not how this shit works i don't know no I'm sorry make i got art for themselves not for anybody else like and that's a true the point. Artist, you, you make it for themselves doing it for, yeah that's why you and i are making a podcast about king of the hill for christ's sake yeah like, <laughs> yeah honestly if any of you guys actually hate this and you're still listening to it good for you because that's a damn commitment but like we could just be doing this to absolutely nobody and i would still be doing it yeah i think i told you <laughs> off mic like this is a weird form of like therapy for me and i'm good with it like yeah oh yeah, yeah. but I, i'm glad you had a, a second to to riff on that like i said you and i have an art background we know a lot of these people in real life like I can picture some of the people we used to go to school with being the artist in the middle of Dallas going, you're never going to have this here ever again and taking it seriously. And yeah. honestly, you and I would both look at it and have Hank's reaction. Oh, boy, that's a shame. Yeah. So, no, how will we get on? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, on that subject... My next yes, note here that is that I love I love that Hank basically like made the connection. You can't defame beef, and that is defaming beef in Texas. 
Like that's he went all legalese on them and definitely just whipped something out. I, of course, Hank would be the person to know that you can't defame beef in Texas. You know. Yeah, but I, think it's but I also imagine like Hank, you know, grew up pledging allegiance to the flag and beef. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. The last pro that I have in here, and it's yeah. I, I think it's it's a pro in here because it's actually more feasible than I initially thought. And every time I've watched this episode, this has come up into my head. Okay. How in the hell did Bobby get a rascal scooter? Like they just basically say, Oh yeah, he, he got the rascal, as if it just showed up one day at the school for him and somebody bought it for him. And in my mind I went, There's no way that they just have disposable income to get the gout kid a rascal. Mm-hmm. You know, then I actually went and looked them up. Do you know how much a rascal scooter is, Mark? I do not. A low end rascal scooter that does not do very much and has a crappy battery charge. But basically what Bobby was driving is $300. Oh, damn. Okay. $300 brand new. That's this year's model. Damn. Okay. The fancier ones get up to $2,500. But when I stop and think about it, okay, maybe this school said, we do have $300 to help accommodate disabled kids. We're going to buy the disabled kid a rascal scooter, and then when he gets better, we're going to be able to have it for someone else. Yeah. And then he totally just, like, tanks it down the hill. <laughs> you know, that rascal ain't coming back. <laughs> no. He just bombs that hill, man. Marty <laughs> McFly Jr. <laughs> oh, So, I mean, those are those are my pros, man. What else you got in here? Right on. Um, for pros, I got a couple. Number one, we kind of already we tap danced around it, but way to be in second grade, craphead. <laughs> when Joseph is <laughs> irritating Sharice. I love that. Yep, just um, propelling our pigtails and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just way to be in second grade, craphead. It's great. Um, you've been sending money to PBS again. <laughs> oh, that's in my favorite moments, man. <laughs> oh god <laughs> mark is pbs still a thing i yeah i think it is okay let me take let me rephrase this are telethons on pbs still a thing johnny i haven't had tv for the better part of 10 years now so i do not know <laughs> at least definitely not pbs i think they still show like 20 year old reruns of arthur Hell yeah, dude. I know that Arthur ended this year, I think, right? Yeah. Like, series finale was in 2021 or something? I don't know. Or I remember the, the, the last time Arthur was actually relevant was not too long ago because his, his uh, what is it, his teacher, his principal, Mr. Ratburn, is gay yeah. and they showed his wedding. Huh. Yeah. I called it. I called that oh, shit yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, we digress. Now we're talking about gay gay characters from kids' books. Uh, hey, Johnny, what's your middle name? David. David? Zachary. Yep. And uh, yep. we they gave Bobby a dumb middle name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Peggy's filling out the forms. Love that bit. Robert Definite Butch pro. Hill. Robert Butch Hill. Yep. I don't know if his <laughs> middle name actually is Butch. Name. I know it's in, it's in quotes, but, like, do we ever know what Bobby's actual middle name is? thought it was Butch. I'm going to look. You keep talking. I'm going to look. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have a Dale fence jump pro. That's a pro. We said we're going to start watching for Dale fence jumps. And literally this is the softest fence jump ever because the like door or whatever you want to call that. The entrance way was right there. Like, yeah, he could have just like slipped around, but no, no, instead fence jump. It's God damn it. Dale. (coughs) And finally the end made me cry. God damn. This ending really got to me. It's a good ending. Like it's sappy in the best kind of way. It's, it's, I don't even know if it's sappy. I think it's, like, such a genuine moment of, like, teenage angst and beauty and weird and, like, it's so sweet. It's so damn sweet. My dad says you got to play through the pain. Like, oh. Yep. My heart, she is struck. Oh, yeah. Okay, you, so his uh, middle name is not Butch. It's not. What is it? Nope. Uh, it's uh, it, you would know his middle. You would know what his middle name is. Uh, but some man wanted him to change it. Oh, Jeffrey. It's Jeffrey, which is hilarious is that Peggy says this is a dumb name. Yeah, it's Robert uh, Jeffrey Hill. He has on the trophy case. He gets a trophy for something I don't remember what, but it's his. The it's inscribed as Robert Butch Hill. 
It is. I think that was a, a nickname Hank wanted to give him. Because hmm. that's in quotes. But I, I, I want to know where Jeffrey, else, where else it shows up because Peggy is drunk as shit when she says it the first time. I it wanted to in, name um, him Jeffrey. Yeah, in um, uh, the, the wrestling, wrestling one. one. Yeah. Yep. And then it's brought up again in a negative context this time, but she's also not drunk when she sees it. Yeah. Or yeah, hungover. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm. We'll see where else it shows back up. I think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, cons? Uh, well, we definitely addressed one. I said gout is really not that rare shit. Mayhan has it. So did my shitty last boss. <laughs> um the only other real big big con that i have in here is um she introduced it half a season ago and oh my god do i already hate peggy's fat albert impression oh every time she does it i'm like like i cringe and i go oh my god this is a moment where i hate peggy i don't want her here yeah absolutely <laughs> So, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, those, but that's kind of it for my cons. Um, but I'm going to throw some reference rage in here before you get to yours. Because otherwise yeah, I'm going to forget to do it. No, yeah, do it. Um, HMO forms, I don't think, are a thing anymore. At least not since uh, Obama's Obamacare law went into effect and everybody has to have health insurance. Yeah. So Peggy just getting angrier and angrier and angrier about it, it just makes me laugh because I'm pretty sure all of us <laughs> have that shit like on our insurance cards now i think so yeah yeah oh yeah and then yeah. stupid 90s country bullshit music i hate Leanne oh that, i loved it oh i loved oh, it oh my man. god dude oh Ugh. man when's the last time you watched fucking con air johnny because oh i'm telling you all right now that this is this is gonna come back when we do the fanfare episode because it's nothing but 90s country artists i i will listen to just about anything like for christ's sake i have all sorts of different music in my library i listen to a french dj named Madion. i listen to all old school punk music i'll listen to classical if i'm feeling it shit mark you and i used to have a professor that used to play gamelan music for us when he was from his trip in india like yeah i will listen to all of that but I swear to God, the second Shania Twain or Garth Brooks or Leanne Rimes shows up, it gets shut off. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I lived through that. I've got PTSD from that shit. Like, it, I, it's, it, I won't do it. I absolutely won't do it. It's the same thing with Mr. Brightside by The Killers. It's like the one song. Nope, not doing it. And music just gets shut off. It's, that's fair. That's fine. I have like a primal switch in my head that just flips. <laughs> I maintain that there was not a good country song written, and that extending up into this moment right now, a good country song has not been written since fucking nine eleven. Like, okay, because I loved nineties country. I thought it was great. Like, it's, it's funny all of your hates, and I'm like, I love Garth Brooks. Bite your tongue, Johnny. <laughs> like, not all of it, definitely, but like, I grew up with this. I kind of grew up with the shit, you know. So like, yeah. You know, I grew up in a very part of it in a very rural area, but like, yeah, no, it's I don't know, whatever. But I don't know if you you may have had a say in it. I never had a say in whether I listened to it or not because my mom forced us into 4-H when I was a kid. Oh yeah, and no, I'm a I didn't city have a kid. say, but yeah, like yeah, also oh, I'm that's a city hilarious. Kid that just did not want to listen to country music, and of course, that's what I got to listen to for like four hours every single week at these 4-H meetings and gatherings and shit. Like, nope. Not having it, man. Now, I will not talk shit on the rest of your music taste. What did I do? Just about everything but raise animals. <laughs> nice. I decorated cakes. I built model rockets. I went to state fair because I had uh, really good eyesight and could shoot a twenty-two really well. Like, mm. yeah, I. That's actually where I found theater of all places was 4-H. Oh no, shit. Yeah. We raised guinea pigs. Yeah, pants. I definitely. <laughs> I, I definitely don't uh, don't strike you as a 4-H kind of kid, do I? You know, I've known you for years, and that's the first time you ever I ever knew that. I think it's. I, think I that's try great, and forget so. about it. I really do. I'm sorry. I'm just not a country buddy. kid. No, 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 no. It's it's okay, and I'm never going to talk shit on your music taste, Mark, because that aside, I know that you have pretty much damn near identical like music loves as I do. 
So. Oh yeah, like I have yeah, I'm into insane shit. I'm getting really into like fucking Icelandic stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Gotha Tangle is my jam. Like it, yeah, it's great. I gotta get you into some Turbo Negro. It's the way to go. Oh yeah, dude. We've been to that party. It's all right. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Years ago, Johnny. <laughs> we um, are indeed old. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mid thirties almost. Uh, Mark, give me some of your cons, buddy. Uh, cons. Uh, it, it's okay. So like, I have complained about this so much. Um, about Peggy's shoe size being animated properly, and it took mm-hmm. to this episode to get a really good representation of her shoe because Bobby's yep. wearing it, and I think that's great. But it's not great because it took this long. But goddamn, did they do it? Um, but it's hiding, Luan's, madam. Uh, yeah, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I. Um. <laughs> he calls just, her so madam. I was not aware just, of that. In in my. <laughs> In my head, I just keep hearing him go, Hello, Monday, Miss Madame. I'm here to start this show. <laughs> Every time. Uh, <laughs> um, God bless you, Bobby Hill. God bless you. Um, uh, Luann's line of There Will Be Ice Again. Oh, God, that made me mad. Oh, God, it made me so mad. I want to, like, choke that bitch. Like... <laughs> It's in my favorite moments because she says it and then walks away. Yes. And I'm just like, you cow. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and con, I, this is stupid, but man, I really like filling out paperwork. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I love it. And Peggy's hatred of it bums me out. Cause I'm like, shut up. Peggy. Of the HMOs. Yeah. I don't know. That was yeah. just something that stuck out to me. Uh, how about a favorite moment, buddy? So, uh, thank God there will be ice again is one of them. Um, uh, not me, Hank. I, they haven't got a penny from me since I cut my lip on their cheap mug, which is talking about PBS. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love Khan's reaction when he's trying to explain to the rest of the hillbillies in the alley about why the art piece is so important. And he just looks at Hank and says, your ass is genius. <laughs> it's incredible. Those are my favorite moments. It n- never, never hesitate to get a laugh out of me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you think that that art was good art? Because I understand what it means, and I kind of think it was, I don't know. I understand the statement. I don't think it's very good because of that. I think it's an accurate representation of, of like modern art and that nonsense for the time. Yeah. That is very, very boiled down for a TV audience. Like, I think yes. they did it very smart so that everybody could understand it. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's definitely not the stupidest piece of art I've ever seen. I, I saw somebody eat a banana and the world freaked the fuck out. So, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Johnny, does it come with a hat? <laughs> Uh, Bobby love, and his showmanship. I love the light in his eyes. I love Hank's like, oh. And then the showmanship later when he's like dancing down the hallway. I thought I told Bill not to give him that hat. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Bobby's showmanship comes out a lot in this episode. Yeah. Uh, this might be the first time we ever see him really go like bananas for New York. Oh, also, Con, Louis Anderson just died. And he got yeah. a Louis Anderson to go. Um, not to totally date the recording of this, but yeah. Um, uh, Johnny praying doesn't work. And finally, I'll tell you when I've had enough. I Somebody just getting ice cream scoops full of chopped liver is disgusting to me. Yeah. Especially like, if it's like, I think it's oh. cold, right? Like, it's gotta I, be. I, it's, got, it's gotta be cold. He's eating it with like bagel chips not even actual yeah. bagels i i want to know who thought it was a smart idea to introduce that into arlen anyway well it's you know easier than italian food johnny i <laughs> i guess you know you gotta heat that stuff up <laughs> i you just you gotta know your market man yeah well mark you about ready to rate this guy i think so but before we do that do you want to uh take us through our rating system 
I absolutely do. So our rating system is as followed, patent pending. We have our lowest of the low tier F tier ratings for charcoal. These are garbage tier episodes. They're really only good for one viewing on your way through the series. You never really want to go back to them. There's nothing memorable in them. They don't really add much to it. And, and sometimes they just make you damn mad. After that, you have your mega low rating. These are kind of D ranks. Uh, you know, like maybe the bronze medal. There's one or two good jokes in them, but usually if you see them, unless you're just like imbibing on some substances at one o'clock in the morning, you're probably not going to want to watch the rest of this episode. You want to watch the one funny bit and then you'll change your channel. Yep. After that, you got your megalo rating. This is kind of middle of the road, silver tier. Pretty good jokes, pretty good character development. Not super memorable, but there's definitely something there. These are usually episodes that like, okay, you'll keep on and you won't skip them as you're going through the Hulu queue but you will probably play on your phone for most of the time and until something catches your eye. After that, you got your Char King Imperial. Well, Char Kings and Char King Imperial, if Mark and I both agree that they're Char Kings. Mm -hmm. uh, a Char King is a gold standard. This is a very good episode of King of the Hill. It, it, it shows you character development. It really brings you close together with some of the people that are on the screen with you. These are episodes that are never skipped. Some of them are in the zeitgeist for people that have never even seen the freaking show. And uh, just all around, uh, uh, Char King is, it's a solid episode. We have one extra special tier just above that, which is our Blue Flame of Valor. This is not only a perfect episode of King of the Hill, but usually they're pretty perfect episodes of television in general. These are episodes that have beautiful artwork most of the time. Uh, they've got in indelible just messages that withstand the test of time. Either that or they're just plain fun to watch. They're ones that you just can't get out of your head and you go and you'll search them out and just watch them on their own completely out of sequence. Blue Flame of Valors are very rare. I think Mark and I have only given out three total. Yeah, I think so. Let's see, I think well, we're three, three each. three each now, yeah. Yeah, and we've only agreed on one of them. So I think it's uh, it's it's safe to say, you know, Blue Flame of Valors, they're kind of that, they're like the uh, the Blue Lobster, the shiny variant. They just don't the exist shine, very much. They're the shiny Zoidberg, yes. Yes, the shiny Zoidbergs. <laughs> so that's our uh, our patent pending rating system. Mark, what do you give Love Hurts and So Does Art? Well, Johnny, I gave Love Hurts and So Does Art a Char King. I think this is a fantastic, fantastic episode. I think that Bobby and Connie have some very, very sweet moments. Like I said, the end honestly, like, touched me emotionally, and I got kind of teared up yeah. about it. Like. This episode is great. I really didn't have any cons because they're all just dumb ones. Like, yeah, I'm mad at Luann for a funny like sight gag. <laughs> That's all there is. Like, yeah, no, I love yeah. this episode. But um, my, so I think an addendum to our Blue Flame of Valor is if you were gonna show somebody an episode of King of the Hill with zero context, would that episode work? And the only one yeah. we're unanimous on was a firefighting. We will go. Because yes. you can show that to anybody, and it doesn't matter zero context. And so right. with this one, maybe maybe I'm being picky about it, but I need a little bit more setting up of this than who's this Asian chick and why is she into this fat kid? What's going on here? We wouldn't sure. appreciate Bobby's showmanship in it if we were watching it for the first time. He's just a weird little fat kid. Like, um, Oh, yeah. The callback to Hank's dimensional problem is super, super cool, but... Yeah. If you didn't watch that one, like, and maybe you don't need the context. Maybe you can just say, like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy had a colonoscopy, whatever. But, like, I don't know. Just little moments, and you, it, it doesn't make it that universal watch. How about you, buddy? Um, no, I'm, I, I agree with you 100% on that, especially about the um, not knowing what the previous episode, uh, a mentional problem was. Like, you, you missed something. You could definitely understand it, but it's uh, th that didn't happen very much where they did callbacks like that to other other episodes not in the 90s no, um yeah it i thought it was super cool i gave uh love hurts and so does art a char king as well so this makes it an oh. imperial yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. i episode is super fun to watch bobby has a legitimate progression in this where he mm -hmm. stops just being a little kid and he goes okay i need to take some responsibility for this and it's why i'm going to the dance and i'm going to play through the pain um and it's not super cringy they could have done this like very after school special and they didn't um, yeah. I love that I, you know, the A story and the A story and the B story are both incredibly watchable. I could watch full episodes of both of these. They didn't need to be split in half. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I think that's a, a telltale sign that you're getting a really quality episode out of this where it doesn't matter. Like you're not waiting for it to get to the other scene where, okay, I want to get back to, you know, I want to get back to Bobby. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely. I gave it a Char King. So I guess that gives it a, an Imperial from us. It is a Char King Imperial. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, with that said, Mark, you want to get to our next one? Uh, yeah, we might just well. <laughs> so our next episode is episode 54, Hank's Cowboy Movie. Original air date of April 6, 1999. Writer Jim Dotrieve. Uh, of course, you guys know that Jim Dotrieve is a reference to Bill Dotrieve. He's uh, done some voice acting in a couple of episodes. There's not too many more in here that... Oh, I take that back. He's got a lot of different ones in here that we just haven't seen yet. We haven't seen too many from him yet, but mm-hmm. um, we saw Snow Job, Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men. He's got some real good ones in here. Hanky Panky, Church Hopping, Glenn Peggy, Glenn Ross. Uh, he does a bunch in later in the seasons. I know those aren't your favorite seasons, but I definitely think the ones he does are pretty solid. Yeah, keep an eye out for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then our cast of characters for this is Hank Peggy and Bobby Hill. Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Khan, Super Noose and Pone. Uh, a cameo by Dave. Uh, I'm not sure who Dave is. Dave. Who's Dave, Mark? I don't even know who Dave is. Maybe one of the, maybe that dude working at the propane shop in a, what do you call it? Wichita Falls. There you go. Okay. Uh, and then we've got, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say it, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got John Redcorn. And then cameos by Leanne and Hoyt Platter. Did you catch those? Uh, yeah, in the home movies. Yeah, which yep. I thought was really cool. I thought yeah. that was super cool. Um, so our synopsis for this episode, Mark, Bobby and Hank go to Wichita Falls, Texas to see the cowboy training camp. Hank is reminded of how much pride he has in his hometown, and he wants to make a movie showing that pride to Bobby. Yeah. yeah How's that it. sound? Yeah. Yeah. So, so for a story here, really the only one that's consistent and constant in this is Hank. So because everybody shows up and they're all in it for quite a bit, but Hank is the through line. So I kind of put yeah. him in there. Yeah. Um, and 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 I actually wrote some notes that are not just pros and cons this time, Mark. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Wichita Falls. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about this for a second here. Bobby makes it out to sound like Wichita Falls is much bigger and much more urban than Arlen, right? That's that's the implication you get, right? Yeah, it's a better place. It's, yeah, more cosmopolitan. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, and to me, that that screams like, "Hey, we've got more money. We're a bigger town. All that sort of stuff." Did you know that Arlen is alleged to have a population of about one hundred and forty-five thousand people? I have a note about that. But yes, I did. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you look up how much uh, Wichita Falls has got? I did not. Only 110. Arlen is a third bigger than Wichita Falls. Really? Yeah. If if we are to believe the wiki, which I just, I think it's kind of interesting. I also find it interesting that Arlen having a, a population of 145,000 people is considered small town. Because I live in a town of 55,000 people, and we're the second freaking biggest town on the, this side of the mountains of Colorado. Yeah. Like, it's I not live in small what, town 12, here. It's 12,000, and it's, yeah, like, no, you're not, not at all. I've been to your town. <laughs> 145 not is not small. Okay. Um, this, is, uh, this is for all of the wrestling fans out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark, who is your yes. favorite wrestling commentator? And I swear, oh. if you say Booker T, <laughs> I was gonna I say swear. William Regal, but okay, William Regal. Okay, who's your second favorite? We're gonna keep going down until we find the one I want. So I, I, I know you want me to say Jim Ross, but dude, Booker T, what? Look at it, um, Mark Henry. Look at his arm. It looks like a thigh. <laughs> his arm's so big, it looks like a thigh. Oh, uh, yes, so I, I am trying to get to get you to get to Jr. Jim Ross. Why do I want that, Mark? Because I'm sure you know. I think you want me to bring up Jr. because he's a bad man who lives in a house with his mom, right? Or do you mean <laughs> Jr. Jim Ross, the greatest commentary man ever? I want Jim Ross, but Jr. is a really bad man. Lives <laughs> <laughs> on a ranch with his mom. <laughs> Jr. He's a wrestling commentator and also does stuff for the. Soon as football program 
and it's he true. looks like a turtle. If you guys ever watch Jim Ross, if you ever watch him try and commentate, the man does not move his lips when he's talking. It is, it's, I swear, he is basically just like using himself as a ventriloquist dummy. Hellfire and Brimstone, here comes Kane. Oh, he's Triple H is doing something truly amazing. I've never seen something so amazing. I'm being mean. I love that, man. I don't know why I'm being so mean. Oh, no, JR, Jim Ross is fantastic. He is currently a commentator for AEW All Elite Wrestling, and when he comes out, he gets his own entry music as if he was no like a, a professional wrestler. Do you want to know what his wrestling music is? Is it uh, Go Sooners? It is Go Sooners. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's the OU fight song. Every time I watch this episode, I think of Jim Ross because he is Oklahoma's boy. He makes his own freaking hot sauce and he comes out to the OU Sooners fight song. <laughs> so that is freaking awesome. Um, Mark, we also have a return of the Rockadillo. I Kinda, did not of. expect that. Yep. Well, I did not I, remember when that. I freaked out on. Remember when I freaked out in um, Return to Party Island or Escape from Party yes. Island about like is Boomhauer Rockadillo? And it's true. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. And man. the fact like, that this, this is this was like two episodes later. Yeah, it's a little bit different, but it's still real close. But the fact that it's two episodes later, it adds credence to your to your theory here. That Boomhauer might be Rockadillo, yeah. Uh-huh, because how often do you see a, a man in an armadillo costume one episode, and then two episodes later you see another man in an armadillo costume, you yeah, know? You, no, yeah, you, it's not a thing. No one's having just random armadillo costumes in Texas. No, not happening. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a note in here that this episode's got the most, like, cowboy minutia that we've seen yet. Mm-hmm. Like Dallas cowboy minutia. Okay. Um, how about your notes, buddy? Um, so let's see. I have Hank is such a dork. He's a dork this whole episode, and he's real cute about it. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't want to go back to Pigtown. Johnny, Pygmalion, the episode. Think about it. I like this laying down yep. of stuff. Yeah. Um, I bet you a hundred bucks Arlen has magic finger beds in their hotels. Yeah. Like, I bet you they have magic finger beds in the hotel Arlen. But hey, that's yep. just me. Um, pursuant well, to that's your how they note, jack up their prices. That's how you jack up your prices. <laughs> <laughs> um, pursuant to your note about population, um, in Escape from Party Island, Arlen's population was listed as 11,454 people. It is now 14,500 people. Yeah, like, it's just, yeah. it, th- there was a huge jump, whatever. I'm comic book guy, nerdy about it. And then finally, it was Charles Kuralt that had the uh, second family. I looked him up. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yep. Excellent. <laughs> How about some pros, buddy? Um, okay, so Hank and Bobby bonding episodes are always a good watch. Like, yeah. up to this point, I don't know if I've got a single one in this entire series that I don't like. You know, none of them make my... my charcoal tier yeah. none of them I don't, I don't think even make our like our next step up there um i don't know what it is maybe it's because hank and bobby have such a an interesting dynamic together and they don't overdo it so it's always mm-hmm. fun to watch you know it's not like i'm watching every other episode is hank and bobby trying to figure each other out that's not the point of the show yeah um so i i love that i think this might be our first i'll be dipped Hmm. I don't okay. know if we've heard Hank say "I'll be dipped" before, but I know we will see. We'll hear it again. Yeah. It's definitely a little Hankism. Um, I really love Peggy and Nancy's cat fight because it's oh, starting shit. to show that, like, okay, Peggy and Nancy are friends, but they can also be total dicks to each other. I think uh, going back to my Hank and Bobby bonding episodes, Hank's moment where he just says, "I love you, Bobby," and then what? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing Hank say it. Yeah. You know, he says it more often than I realize, and every single time, he, it's it's the same gag where, nope, Bobby just barely didn't hear it. But it always it's always put in a very meaningful way. We ought to keep an um, eye on that to see if, like... We really should. To see, like, if Bobby uh, notices. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's going on the list? It's got to go on the list, man. Um, I love the frenzy scene. Because oh, to me, yeah. it's 
it is like the perfect mash of music and chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song they're listening to is Give Me Three Steps by Leonard Skinnerd. It's perfect. Like it fits yeah. so well for, for Arlen, Texas. Um, and then the last pro I have in here is that we see Hoyt. Not like yeah. we see him in the home movies. He's there, he doesn't look very comfortable, and he's way the hell away from Leanne, which I think is hilarious. It's a good sight gag, like just that little yeah. bit for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so. Uh Mark, what are your pros? What you got for this episode here? Um You're not eighteen? I thought that was funny. I don't know why. <laughs> Apparently that was a pro. <laughs> I scratched something out that I can't read. I love you, Bobby. What? Um, what? Luann has really good reactions in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think she actually has lines, but her her um, face looks great in a lot of these. Enough that I was like, huh, I'll be damned. Um, Mom, Dad's talking to the plate again. Oh, the Tom Landry plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that happens a lot in the Hill House. I kind of want to know. I mean... We know how much Hank loves Tom Landry, so... Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, um, just as a general pro, uh, the ending of this episode really, really made it a good episode for me. I'd even say that yeah. it saved this episode, but yeah. 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 How about uh, how about some cons there, buddy? Um, for somebody who spends literally her living on camera, Nancy's makeup is freaking terrible yes it is like she has got straight up clown makeup on where you can you can see the lines like come on dude you got to know how to make yourself up a lot a little bit better that is all nancy's really got going for her because there's not a lot going on in her head most days except for john redcorn except for john redcorn but that's only but going like, into a part of her head i i guess Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> that's a blowjob joke <laughs> <laughs> I made you laser quest dumpstep. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> sorry, keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. The only other con that I've got here, Mark. Do you know how much a bona fide purebred Tennessee walking horse is worth? I imagine an insane amount. Two thousand to ten thousand dollars, and Dale killed one just for looking at him funny. Do you think you How can? is da- I don't I really hope so cuz that's way too specific not to. <laughs> right? <laughs> like Oh, uh, and really, I mean it's there's it's it's a normal horse that walks all stupid. Like I'm sure you've seen them prance and trot around. Oh that's yeah, a I, I know I know what they are. Yeah, yeah, no, they're just idiot horses. Yeah, they're kind of skinny oh, and yeah. they walk like assholes. Yeah. Now, I really want to know how he killed a walking horse. <laughs> like I want to know what his methods were. <laughs> I imagine he found the most port- potent horse tranquilizer and gassed it. No one Dale. <laughs> Probably. Oh, and I'd say that he would be knocked out himself, but we all know that he has some sort of mystery substance that grows inside his, his lungs that people can't quite identify. I would like that substance returned to me. <laughs> how, about, how about your cons, buddy? Um, Cons. I got a couple cons. Um, Sooners are at college. I don't know why this dude is flexing... For a college team versus an like NFL team, but it was dumb. Right. And I get it because Oklahoma doesn't have a football team. Whatever. Right. Um I have a retro reference rage. I miss Bennigan's. Do you? Yeah, I miss Bennigan's a lot at the restaurant. Oh. They used to have a burger called the Big Irish, and it was just this big fucking hamburger that they stuck a knife in the middle of. And <laughs> I love it. I miss that damn place. They're their um, Monte Cristo stand, which was amazing. Anyway, um, Reagan got shot. I don't know why I wrote that, but okay. Charles Corralt? No, Charles Corralt was a reporter. Okay. I don't know. Reagan got shot, though, Johnny. You remember that one. Um, I do remember that. It's, um, yeah, just keep that in your head, and maybe we'll get it halfway through the next episode and go, oh, shit, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, con, that costume is not 100% Rockadillo. I don't know. It is not. Also, further con, um, that I hope Broomhauer's not a fear, uh, not a furry. Alright. Um, that's a king snake, Ooh. not a poisonous snake that Nancy is holding and Peggy's trying to force feed the mouse to. 
Yep. Um, Con, I don't really like this episode. I don't know why, but I didn't like it. It didn't resonate with me, but I didn't like it enough okay. that I wrote, I don't like this episode. And finally, I want to talk to you really quick about Hank's charcoal grill. Oh, God. I so knew it was it's coming. that glaring thing. You see it on our King of the Hill all the time. Oh, Hank's yep. grilling with charcoal. Um, it's the second time we've seen him grilling with charcoal, and honestly, I have this opinion that when they were younger, the Hills had a lot of parties. Like, they had a lot more parties yeah. before the Gribbles had Joseph, probably before Bill and Lenore got divorced. Um, and I got to assume that, like, hell, I bet they fed the shut-ins family. I bet the shut-in kind of waddled out even back then because he was thinner. But to do <laughs> that, shut-in. I bet you that it was easier to just do a charcoal grill because once you get charcoal going, it lasts for a long time. And if you're cooking for a lot of people... You know, who's to say when you're really ready to wrap up ever? And I think that's what right. it was. Like, I don't think it's this big, like, world-breaking deal. Like, Hank is even proud of the fact that he made that grill out of two other grills. So, like, right? he's not appalled by his use of charcoal. I think that now he is appalled by his use. Like, he was younger and more reckless in those days. He put on the sure. giant pants at Jeans West, and he grilled with charcoal. That's, that's all I got. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. And no apology needed. I, for the longest time, I had a working theory that Hank Hank grilled with charcoal before he got to work with propane. Before uh, yeah, he so. left Jeans West. Because once he left Jeans West, it was, okay, nope, I'm good enough now to do only propane. And because of that, that's what I'm going to stick with for the rest of my life. However, Hank is, what, 42, 41, mm-hmm. 42 years old? He yeah. has worked at Strickland canonically for over 20 years. Yeah. Like, I know he didn't spend that much time at Jeans West. So, I don't know. Like, maybe this is that, like, nice little niche period in between high school and in between where he started at Strickland where he, okay, you know what? Bill's gone. He's he's done and he's gone and he's doing his army thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm living with my, my girlfriend and or wife or all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. all that. And like, okay, what the hell? We're going to use some charcoal. And then once he finally got to go and work for Buck, that's when he transitioned to, okay, nope, charcoal is the devil because this is my livelihood. Well, yeah, and I bet you that charcoal is a lot cheaper than propane too, especially like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I, I got, know, I got, got, I got really hung up on that point, but I was like, son of a bitch, man. I don't even think this is a thing. Right? Anyway, yeah, but... Um, Mark, I've got a retro reference rage for you. Okay. You already mentioned Magic Fingers. You already mentioned Charles Corral. And I don't think Magic Fingers, like, exist anymore. If they do, I haven't been to, I haven't been to crappy enough motels to find them. I wonder if they ever existed or if it wasn't this weird, like, pop culture thing that, like, was just an ongoing joke that no one ever verified. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but the only other one I've got in here is Sweet Jethro Pugh. Do you know who Jethro Pugh is, Mark? I don't think I do. He's a Dallas Cowboy. That's all I'm going to tell you because I didn't care enough to write much more about him. He was like a linebacker for Dallas in the 60s or 70s, somebody that Hank would have grown up watching. Okay. But him just going sweet Jethro Pugh at the Cowboys (laughs) training camp is a a joke in and of itself only if you know who the hell he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we got favorite moments here. You want to go first? You want me to? Go for it, buddy. So Dale and his, what is what is the best way that I could put this? I know we've brought him up before. It's almost mm-hmm. like Dale is channeling Ross Perot here with his "Our old will feast off of our very old," <laughs> where he's basically talking about how all the young people are going to leave. Yeah, I love Dale and his ridiculous like his his theories and his just out out there things that he says it's we haven't had one of those for a while where it's dale just goes minute, completely yeah. off the rails so it was it was nice and we'll get we'll get some here in a couple of episodes because we got a good dale episode coming up mm-hmm. um and every time i hear hank suggest to boomhauer that he can do the movie voiceover and boomhauer just goes in a world where loves against the law <laughs> I, it's it's amazing <laughs> like every time you think that they have used every joke they can with Boomhauer and his the way he talks, they manage to just like, nope, we totally haven't done this one yet. Let's do it now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So That's those great. are my favorite moments from this. I I also love Bill. Uh, honorable mention to Bill saying, "I don't know what's sweatier, me or the cheese." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
<laughs> Save the cheese. <laughs> He's fucking it's a great Bill episode. It just really, for that line. It's a great Bill episode for like having nothing to do with Bill. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hank dealing with everybody in this episode is per- pretty perfect. I love, he stares at Dale and just goes, I'm duct taping your Zoom. Fucking <laughs> Dale in his Zoom. <laughs> oh, that was my line. I wanted to be the next Zapruder, but a president never got shot after that. Bullshit, Reagan got shot. He didn't die, Reagan but he got did. shot. That's he what, did. That's what it was. I knew we'd come around, Johnny. God damn it. <laughs> I told you it It's happened. true. Yeah. Oh, how about your Uh, favorite moments, bud? I only have one, and it's when Bobby takes a header off the stage. (laughs) Well, at least he—he's at least he laughs at himself. Yeah, I guess. But poor little guy, like. (laughs) Well, and very clearly, like Peggy's freaking out in that video. That always makes me laugh. Like the camera just pans to her. Oh my god! (laughs) Just. <laughs> I love that. I can see it in my head now, and it's tickling me. <laughs> oh, man, let's rate these bad boys. You think? Let's uh, let's do it, man. Um, I'll start this guy off on a scale okay. of charcoal to blue flame of valor. I gave Hank's cowboy movie a char king. I actually really liked this episode. Really? Okay. I had a really good time watching it. I don't know if like. Each scene has got its moments. I've I've definitely like I've worked with people that are trying to do this level of documentary on this type of budget and have no idea what they're doing. I've seen people in Hank's situation where they go, "What do you mean you can't just zoom it in?" <laughs> yeah. And so part that was very authentic to me. Okay. I, I the the musical mayhem scene set to Leonard Skinner, it is awesome. Like, it's very King of the Hill to me. Mm-hmm. And I like the ending. It's super chintzy in the best kind of way. It's a cute ending, yeah. It is. It absolutely is. You know, the, the little cowboy football and Hank and Bobby just get to switch roles for a change. Like, it's it's really nice. Yeah. Hank I, takes it on that the was chin. A cute, that was a cute moment there when, yeah, when they did get to switch the roles. That was neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it shows the heart of this show and in, in its characters and how they all complement each other. You yeah. know, especially at the end because you get to see. Okay, well, Hank has been fighting with people all episode. And, you know, Dale wants to be the artistic guy and he doesn't get a chance to. And then all of a sudden, you get to watch his home movies and see just how passionate he is about things, specifically his kid. Mm-hmm. Like, lots of stuff. You get to you get to see a lot more of these characters. It's there's genuine development at the end of this. Yeah. Damn it, Johnny! How about you, man? Damn it, dude! Did I did I did I did I wean you back up from something? I think you might have. God, God damn it, dude! Oh shit! No, because now as you're saying it, I'm like thinking about it. I'm thinking about that video montage, and yeah, like, ah, fuck! It is so sappy in the best kind of way. Yeah, it is. Ah, it's not a tearjerker like the other one we talked about. But no, it, it's it, definitely it does, they don't it's have a different to be tearjerkers. Like, I don't need to cry like every episode to love it. But like, oh man, no, you know what? Well, you're not going to sway your, what me. What was your original one here? You're not going to sway me because in this regard, I am unswayable. I'm giving her a butane. You almost okay. made me have genuine feelings for it, but I I pulled out there in the end. Yeah, butane. No, it's no, a no, good it's episode. Okay. But butane even, is like, a fair rating. Man, hell, almost, almost. Um, Buchar. It might be Buchar, maybe. <laughs> it could be Buking, even. We'll, it's a Buking. We'll yeah. Because, you know what? You know, we're in season three and we're getting cute with our ratings a lot lately. It's a Buking. Yeah. It's. Um, Nancy drives me nuts. Like, the blatant John oh, Redcorn yes. just nailing her in the van. I'm like, come on. Seriously? Like. And they're all just going to stand that there was and watch way too it. Much. Like. Yeah, and, and little bits like that got to me, and maybe that's why I didn't care for it. But nah, it's a it's a buking. It's not, it's not my favorite. But you you definitely swayed me. So yeah, <laughs> I wasn't swayed. Well, I was swooshed. That is that is my job in this is to make sure that you still like King of the Hill, Mark. Yeah. Well, I, I guess at this point I do still like King of the Hill, Johnny. How about you, buddy? Oh, I love King of the Hill, man. Right on, man. Where can the good people find us at, Johnny? 
So the good people of internet and Twitter land can find us on Twitter at dang old podcast. They can email us at dang old podcast dot or oh wow at dang old podcast at gmail.com. They can find me at Krautball Stream. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as a synonym for streamlet, freshet, watercourse, or winterborn. How about you, Mark? Okay, okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Also Billabong. Uh, also Billabong. <laughs> Why do you As keep in, calling me Billabong? Why do you keep calling me Billabong, mate? That's a ruddy jumbag. That is storming me tucker bag. I will. I go waltzing Matilda all the way down, Johnny. You find me at Marky Stardust at Twitter and the other podcast, the Two Wizards podcast. You can't. Now I just think you're some sort of Aussie Drongo. $9,000, dude! Nothing's wrong with the bidet, is it? (laughs) Don't get this to be Member of Parliament! Hey! Andy! (laughs) Oh my god, we derailed so hard! That's okay, (laughs) we derailed into prop possibly, like, one of the top five Simpsons episodes of all time. So it's okay. It's all good. I give that I give that episode of Blue Flame of Valor. Tell you what, <laughs> I would too. Or my name isn't Bruno Drondridge, right? Tobias. <laughs> okay, we gotta get out of here, man. Let's get out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. We love y'all, everyone. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>